This morning's reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 5, starting at verse 17 to verse 26. Luke 5, 17 to 26. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal those who were ill. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kerry. I'm hoping I've unmuted. If I unmuted myself, hello. Good morning. Great to see you. I was just thinking when Jonathan said about Lent, um, if I'm ever going to wear a bikini, Lent needs to be two years long. That's just what I was thinking. But that's the wrong attitude. Let's pray before I say something else I might regret. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this opportunity to look at it together now. Help us to hear your voice this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to first of all have a little think about that story one more time. And I'm going to do it in a visual way with my really um, exciting visual aid. It took me a long time to make this. It's uh, beautiful, isn't it? It's just four pieces of card and some split pins. But there we go. And we're going to have a think about this story about the man whose legs didn't work properly. One day, somebody famous came to town. I'm just checking that's all right. That looks like a J roughly, doesn't it? Jesus came into town and he went to a house. Except their houses didn't have pointy roofs like ours do. Their houses had flat roofs like this. 
And Jesus was talking to everyone in the, in the house and saying that God loves you very much. But the house got so full of people that it was really, really crowded. There were people peeping in at the door. There were people peeping in through the window. It was so crowded that you couldn't even get one person into the house. And our friend with the legs that had heard about Jesus and knew that Jesus could make his legs better, but didn't know how he could get to the house. All he could do was lie on a mat all day long. He could not work, walk because his legs didn't work properly. So his friends came along and they carried him on his mat. But when they got there, of course, the house was full. There was no space to get there. The only space was on the flat roof. And they thought, how on earth are we going to get our friend into the house? Aha, stairs, they thought. So they took him up the steps to the roof of the house. Well, what now? What did they do? Well, they started to dig a hole. They dug a small hole. Then the hole got a bit bigger. Then the hole got so big that they could lower their friend on the mat in to the house. And they lay him right at the feet of Jesus. Jesus looked at the man and said, your sins, the things that you have done wrong, are like chains locking you up. I forgive you and I set you free. Some of the people were cross and they said, only God can forgive sins. But Jesus said, well, which is easier, to forgive sins or to heal this man's legs? And Jesus said to the man, sit up. And he sat up. Then he said, stand up. And he stood up, and everyone was amazed. Pick up your mat and go home, Jesus said to him. So the man bent over, picked up his mat, he folded it neatly, and he walked home. That's one way of telling that story. an amazing story though and maybe that just helps us to visualize part of that story and there's two things I want us to think about very briefly this morning and they both begin with F now you might be thinking but healing doesn't begin with F no well we're going to think about two different aspects of this story the first of those is this the first of those is friendship just look at the what the friends of this man did he couldn't walk there himself because at that time there wouldn't have been anything that he could have got in and, and moved. He didn't have um, a motorized scooter or anything like that. He would have been excluded from much of life. Yet he had these friends, which in itself is really good, isn't it? It's good to have friends. And one day they had heard, as he had, that Jesus was in town that Jesus was going to be in this house and he was going to be preaching and telling about God's love. And they realized that they had to take their friend to see Jesus because maybe Jesus could help him. But when they got to the house, it was full to the brim. 
But I love the fact that these friends didn't give up. They didn't get to the house and go, oh, it's full, we'll go home. No, they went to the effort of climbing up some stairs, getting to the roof, and then digging a hole in the roof to lower their friend down to see Jesus. I, did wonder, I do wonder, actually, I don't know what the people who owned the house thought about that. I don't know if we've ever thought about that. What did they think about the fact that there was a hole in their roof? Did the friends come back and mend it? Maybe they did, I don't know. But anyway, that's just something that I've wondered about. They lowered their friend right down to Jesus' feet. They must have really cared for their friend. And I love that picture of friendship. Caring for friends is really important, isn't it? Maybe just for a moment, picture a friend of yours, someone that you really care about. Maybe it's a friend at school or at preschool or at work or at home or someone who lives far away. I've got some friends with me today and they've come to stay with me this weekend. They are good friends of mine. Caring for friends is really important. But in this case, it's more because of what they do. Because what do they do? They take their friend to Jesus. They see that he needs Jesus. And that is the best thing they could have done, isn't it? Taking their friend to Jesus. And I wonder what that says to us this morning. I don't know about you, but I so often want to help my friends. But why is it that I forget that the best thing I can do is to take them to Jesus? That might be about helping them, helping a friend who already knows Jesus and placing them into Jesus' hands and praying for them. Or it could be taking someone who doesn't know Jesus to him, inviting them to know Jesus. So just for a moment, we're going to have a 45-second countdown. Just want to encourage you, where you are, just chat to the people around you, or you can think about it yourself, that's absolutely fine. Who might God be asking you to take to Jesus? Who might God be asking you? It might be someone that is a friend who um, needs help. It might be someone who doesn't know Jesus. So just for 45 seconds, have a think. Who might you be be asked by God to take to Jesus? Let's have that countdown now. Off you go. Okay, that was your 45 seconds. And let's just for a moment, let's be quiet, and I'm going to pray for our friends that we've mentioned now out loud, or the friends we're thinking about in our hearts. Let's just be quiet. Heavenly Father, we thank you for friends. We thank you for friendship. And we pray for every single person that we have mentioned, either out loud or quietly in our own hearts. And we pray that they would uh, either know Jesus' presence and healing if uh, we wanted to bring them to Jesus for that, or that if they don't know you, Jesus, that they will come to know you and that you would help us invite them to know you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so 
I said that these friends, uh, taking their friend to Jesus, was amazing, and it was the best thing they could have done. But why? Well, here's my second F this morning. My second F is forgiveness. Now, in some ways, that, that might not be what we think is the, the thing that comes out in this passage, because let's face it, this man arrives, he can't walk, and he's healed, and he's able to walk after meeting Jesus. But what does Jesus do first in this passage? And remember that often the thing we do first is the thing that we think is the most important. The first thing that Jesus does is say, friend, your sins are forgiven. Well, that gets a reaction from the crowd, doesn't it? They all say, well, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus was going against the way it was done at the time. Because at the time, the way to get forgiveness was to take a dove or a pigeon or whatever animal it might need to be to the temple, and it would be sacrificed by the priest to enable that particular sin to be forgiven. Imagine having to do that every time you did something wrong. We are very thankful for Jesus at this point. So the crowd think that Jesus is going a bit far here. You know, who does he think he is? God? But I love Jesus' response. He says this, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Jesus is asking them, which is easier to prove? Is it easier to prove forgiveness or to make this man walk again? Which is easier to see? Thing is, we can't see forgiveness, can we? I mean, so it's hard to prove it. Although when someone is forgiven, we often see that they walk a bit lighter if they've been having something that's sort of worn them down. But you can prove that you can make someone walk again. If you say, get up, and the person gets up, well, it proves that you can do it, doesn't it? And isn't it amazing that God heals? We need to hold on to that, that God does heal. And there's always opportunities here to come and be prayed for healing. We don't understand why sometimes it seems to happen and sometimes it doesn't. But God does heal. I remember one occasion in my last church, someone came up to me and they had um, had an operation on their mouth and their mouth was all droopy because um, it was really painful and they couldn't move their mouth properly. And she came up to me and asked me to pray. And so I did. And I prayed for her. I just said, in Jesus' name, be healed, really. And as I looked, her mouth rectified itself, and it was completely uh, normal again, and she didn't have any pain. She could move her mouth, she could speak, she could sing, she was a singer. And I shared that story that evening in our evening service, and people flocked to me, <laughs> asking me to pray for them. No one else was healed when I prayed for them. I don't understand why, but I had a go. And actually, we need to hold on to the fact that Jesus does heal in his name. But what this passage reminds us is that it's a much bigger thing for God to forgive sin than to make someone walk, which might sound hard to our ears, but the fact is it means doing something about all the sins that we've ever committed against God in our whole life. That's a scary thought, actually, isn't it? But that is what we're finding out here. This is a very big deal. So if Jesus was able to show he had God's power and could therefore make someone walk again, then he could prove they had God's power to forgive. And that means that anyone who comes to Jesus and says sorry will be forgiven. And we can be sure of this because Jesus proved it by making that man 
walk again. And the amazing thing is, the good news is that when we come to Jesus, we can come to him because we know that we are forgiven as well. We don't need to take a pigeon to the temple because Jesus died on the cross once and for all for us. Now, I know I said you couldn't see forgiveness, but I cannot do an all-age service without some sort of visual aid which could go wrong. Let's face it, so we're going to have a go. So I wanted to just help us think a little bit more about what it might look like to be forgiven. So I have a really extensive visual aid here. It's a piece of cloth um, with a heart on it. Can you see this over here as well? You can see? Yep. Fantastic. And um, imagine that that's your heart. I know hearts aren't shaped like this, but anyway, um, it's not anatomically correct. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write on this heart things that, um, things that make it a bit messy, things that we do wrong. So what might we do? We might steal something. Oh, that's not very neat. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, we might uh, lie. We might hurt someone. I'm just going to draw and make a mess. And the thing is that eventually, if we start doing things that aren't right, that, that hurt God, that hurt others, they could make a bit of a mess of our heart. And that's inside, isn't it? We can't see it outside, externally. But the amazing thing is that when Jesus died on the cross, and this is where I hope it's going to work, otherwise my visual aid is going to be slightly ruined. When uh, Jesus died on the cross, keep going, keep going, yes, it's working, gradually, bit by bit. I'm going to just waffle for a moment. As Johnson said, um, we learn about waffling at college. Um, when Jesus died on the cross, he took all of our sins upon himself. That'll do for now. Um, Probably needs a little bit longer, but you'll get the idea. That all of those things that we have done wrong are no longer there. We are free and forgiven. And I love that reminder of all, I've got my hands now, all that Jesus has done for us. Jesus died on the cross so that when we come to him, it's like we are washed clean. In the Bible, it says this in Hebrews 7, unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day by day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once and for all when he offered himself. Isn't that good news? Let me just try that again. Isn't that good news? Yes. Thank you very much. I'd just like to make sure you're awake. Good. Nothing, remember this, nothing is too hard for Jesus to forgive. And we know that because of how he healed this man. So I have a final question for you with another 45-second countdown. And you might want to think about this on your own. You might want to talk about it with those if you've got children with you particularly. This is the question. How does knowing all of this help you if you are tempted to think that you have done something that God can't possibly forgive. Let me say that again. How would you knowing this help if you're tempted to think that you have done something that God cannot possibly forgive? Just for a moment with a countdown, which will start now. Um, think about that on your own or with those you are with.
So the timer seems to have been stuck on six seconds. Uh, we will imagine that it's counted down to zero now. Imagine that six is a naught. I hope that helps us. Oh, there we go. Hope that helps us to think about um, what Jesus has done for us. Sometimes what Jesus does in the scriptures is reminds us through a visual aid, really, of what he has done and what he will go on to do for us. So let's just be quiet for a moment and we will pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have the power to heal and to forgive. We thank you that we are your friends. Help us to hold on to the wonderful fact that nothing is too big for us to be forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to pray now, and Lydia is going to lead us. All going to sing, I apologize. We're going to sing now. I got that wrong. We'll sing first. <laughs> we are going to pray, but after we've sung, uh, just while the band are getting into place, I love that Jesus wanted to do something deeper in the man than he was aware of, that the physical need that they brought to Jesus led to Jesus doing something deeper. That often happens when we have prayer ministry afterwards. God often gives us pictures that we share week by week, uh, different pictures to get people's attention. And often these are just to get people's attention. So you come to pray, so God is going to do something deep within us because he cares about every aspect of us, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, we're going to sing about his care for us now. The Lord is my shepherd, so we'll trust him. Let's sing. 